Welcome, everybody, to the Brian Pierre Grossi podcast. That's me, a very special guest today, uh, dear friend of mine in Asheville, Steve Torma. Steve works with NBC, and I shared NBC for how many years, Steve? Uh, 10 or 12. 10 or 12 years to many, many people in Asheville, and now he's doing stuff online, so he's, he's reaching some people, I imagine, outside of Asheville as well, and he's just one of my favorite people. Um, to break down the power of NBCU nonviolent communication. And he's, he's also versed in a lot of other areas as well that he brings in, which we'll talk about how those areas interconnect and interrelate as well. But just, you know, for um, relationships, and what's just about relationships, it's like it's all relationships. You know, everything we encounter is a relationship. So it's the amazing thing about NBC is what I found is the more you go into it, it's like the deeper you go into this consciousness of, how it connects and how it relates and how it's upgrades the way you see things, the way you look at things. So we're particularly going to, I particularly thought it was a really valuable time to explore this topic because with the pandemic happening and the coronavirus, there's a lot of tensions happening between family members and people in the community and people who've been friends who are no longer friends and a lot of emotions running high, a lot of different points of view and perspectives and um, how do we communicate with each other? How do we listen to each other? How do we, um, share things in a way that they can be effectively heard and we can be effectively heard and uh, we can both we can all um, discover uh, what's true and what's alive and what's authentic so yeah. thanks for being here Steve I know you don't do many of these kind of things so it's great to to have you on here welcome thanks, Brian. my pleasure I'd do more if people invited me <laughs> okay well people will be inviting you after this I'm sure um, and you're in Earth Haven. Earth Haven is, uh, why don't you tell them where, where you're located and yeah. where you're at right now? Uh, I actually live both in Asheville and at Earth Haven Eco Village, which is an intentional community. Uh, we just had our 25th anniversary last fall uh, down south of Black Mountain, and it's based on permaculture and um, other uh, concepts around creating sustainable uh, human civilization settlements cool yeah and you and obviously there's a lot of practice and relationships that arise for you there yeah it's like it's an incredible laboratory for watching uh, how human beings work and how we can work together well and what happens when we don't mm -hmm. so for people that don't have any idea of what nonviolent communication is or maybe they've heard a little bit about it but um, what exactly is nonviolent communication yeah, or NVC as it's called for sure. Yeah, NV NVC. It's also called um, compassionate communication by a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so it was developed by a man named Marshall Rosenberg starting back in the 60s. He was a PhD psychologist who was basically looking for answers uh, like all of us are, right? We're looking for answers about how to create the world you know, that we want to live in, how to create a more just, sustainable world. And um, he had this experience as a, as a child. He, he was uh, born in the 30s, and, and he was, lived in Detroit, and he got beat up regularly for being Jewish. And one day, he had this juxtaposition of experiences where on the way uh, home from school, he got beat up one more time for being Jewish. And later on that night, his uncle came over to their house and um, Marshall's grandmother was living with them and she was an invalid and he would come and take care of her. And 
So while he's cleaning her up and taking care of her, he has this beautiful smile on his face. And he remembered back when the kid beating him up earlier in the day had a smile on his face. And this question came into his mind that became the guiding question of his whole life. Why is it that some human beings get pleasure out of service and caring for people and, and other human beings get pleasure out of violence? And so NVC came out of his lifelong quest for that. He studied to the PhD level, studied psychology on his own, did a, a crash course in world religions and came away with this awareness that all religions are about basically love thy neighbor as thyself. And that was the core compassion. Love was at the core of all these world religions, but they're not actually living it so well. In fact, they're kind of slaughtering each other a lot. <laughs> so he, uh, took that deeper and deeper into uh, his studies and his talking with other people and watching people. And of course, what was happening at that time, 60s was in the United States, was civil rights movement, the peace movement. And so the term nonviolence was a new term and it, it, it was kind of a blanket term for people who are working for peace and so forth. And so people started labeling his work as nonviolent communication. But that's not the term he gave to it. In fact, he said he didn't really like the term because it says what it's not and doesn't say what it is. So I actually asked him once, I said, hey, Marshall, if you could start over, what would you call your work? And he, without missing a beat, he said, I would call it compassionate connection. So NVC is about how to create compassionate connection. And basically, most people know NVC as a model of communication. but that is only a very, very small part. And in fact, Marshall would be very adamant about, please don't ever get confused about thinking that NVC is about a way you're supposed to talk. That NVC is about four things. It's a model of communication. It's how we use power. It's how we use language. And it's a consciousness or a spirituality that undergirds our life and, and everything that we do in life. And so the simplest way that he used to say it, what is NVC about? NVC is about making life more wonderful. And we do this by creating a quality of connection where everyone's needs are met through compassionate giving. Or even more simply, NVC is about learning to love thy neighbor as thyself moment by moment. Beautiful. Um, you, you touched on one thing I want to focus more on, which is there's a big misconception many people have about NBC. I used to have it too, and I hear it a lot. And what it is is something like, oh, it's too scripted. It's too, I don't want to just be told what to say. I want to say what I, you know. So can you maybe address that a little bit more? What, what, sure. exactly, is, what exactly is NBC? There's a couple components that, um, yeah. that uh, are key that I'll, I'll just start off sharing because I, you know, a lot of that I learned from you, but um, peer observation right? Feeling, need, and then there's some strategy or there's requests and these kind of things. Yeah. But, but yeah, there's the, I think there's a big misconception that you have to talk a certain kind of way right. and that, or it's not NBC. Yeah, huge misconception. Mm -hmm. Let's just back up for a moment to, to, to look at why that happens for people so readily. So we come from what's often called a dominator culture or a power over culture and our, our consciousness 
most of us is very deeply polarized into good and bad, right and wrong. And so something new comes into our life, like NVC, a, a model of communication, and we automatically say, oh, this is the right way to do it. <laughs> and I was doing it the wrong way, right? And so forth. So it's this very deep tendency of the, of the human mind, in some cultures more than others, to put things in these categories of good and bad and right and wrong. So that's the first problem that happens. Is people hear this tool and, and they, they think of it in that terms. Uh, an, another thing that, that happens is that, well, let's, let's put it this way, more positively. So what NVC is about is, as I was mentioning earlier, it's about how to connect compassionately. And it's a very deep spirituality that's connected to it. And, and the belief is that as human beings, the most precious thing that we can give each other is what's inside of us. Right? And I've heard you talk so beautifully and write so beautifully about this presence thing. You yeah. talk about it all the time. Yeah. Right? Cause this is the core of most really deep, healthy spiritualities Yeah, is that, this, whatever this God thing is that permeates the universe, it's inside of us. Mm -hmm. And that the most precious thing that I can share with another person is what's inside of me. And so NVC is about trying to create relationships where that is what we value. Or what we most value is sharing what's alive inside of us and finding ways to relate to each other that we maximize our enjoyment of each other and are contributing to the world. So that's what we're after. So the model of communication is a tool to try to help make that happen. And Marshall used to use the analogy that, I mean, the uh, little story that I've heard from in Buddhist circles, maybe it's in other circles as well, but the idea that there's a person who's on a journey to this beautiful land, and on this journey comes across this river, and the river is too strong to, to swim across, and so the person builds a boat and gets across the river on the boat. And now they're on the other side of the river and they want to continue to, to this beautiful place. And, the, and the, 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 the moral of the story is only a fool would continue to carry the boat on their shoulders once you've crossed the river and you're on the other side. So the model of communication that you were mentioning, observation, feeling, mm -hmm. quest, honesty and empathy is the boat and like a lot of spiritualities and religions people mistake the the the, the tools or the the teachings for what the goal of the journey is right so i like to tell people like you know if you want christ consciousness it may help you to go to church but going to church is not christ consciousness or if you want buddha mind Meditating might help you. Meditating in front of a statue of the Buddha might help you to develop Buddha mind, but it's not B Buddha consciousness, right? So likewise with NBC, what we're after is the consciousness of caring about my needs and your needs equally and enjoying life together. And using this model of communication is a tool to try to help us get there. But speaking that language of NBC is not NBC consciousness. So that's to me how mm -hmm. that, that one of the things that happens when you start to get early when you when you start to be more new to this and I've certainly been there again myself is it's like um, 
hey, you're not speaking NBC or you're not, you know, this, this kind of thing. Um, so, so then what I learned to start to try to, to, you know, to practice doing was what we call translating. Right. Right. And that seems like really important right now. I mean, it's always important, but it seems especially important right now. Especially and, important. Yeah. Especially important now um, to be able to hear. And that's another thing I think that's really important that I started to learn as I got deeper into it is when I, when you first get to NBC, you think it's all about talking. How do I talk? How do I say, how do I talk? But as I got deeper into it, I was like, well, this is actually about listening. <laughs> listening is, is the primary thing. Yes. And talking is the second, talk, talking is also important, but it's the secondary component. Yes. Yes. So how do, we, how do we listen to someone? How do we hear what, what, what someone is saying when it feels like what they're saying is um, uh, rude or mean or yeah. uh, you know, just not kind or so yeah. forth and so on? Yeah, beautiful question. Mm -hmm. One of the principles that is most foundational for answering that question or having a, a compassionate perspective on that issue is the understanding that we have of NBC, that every person in every moment of their life is doing something or saying something to try to get their needs met. Everything we ever do is an attempt to meet a need. And I like to say, this is a, I think of this as a natural philosophy, because if you look out at nature, you like you look at that tree all day long, everything that tree is doing is to thrive, right? And so the belief is that we're like everything in nature, and that's what we're wanting to do is to thrive. And so everything that we do is an attempt to meet what we call universal human needs, things like sustenance, safety, love, empathy, rest, recreation, play, community, creativity, autonomy. Those are some of the main categories of needs that we talk about in NBC. So if we understand that everything we ever do is an attempt to meet a need, then when we have what we, what we call wearing our giraffe ears, giraffe being the symbol of compassionate consciousness because the giraffe has the largest heart of any land animal. In fact, I have my giraffe ears here. Great. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready for you, Brian. Great. <laughs> it's a fun thing that Marshall developed. He, he, he developed these, these puppets and these ears and stuff. Right? So the ears represent a filtering mechanism. Okay? It's how we hear things. And we have this phrase, you know, we have this phrasing in our Converse, normal conversations. How, what, when he said that, what did you hear? Well, I heard this, right? So we can hear things differently, right? So if, as we develop our compassionate consciousness and we become aware that everything that someone is doing is an attempt to meet a need, then more simply put, the way that Marsha would say it is, people are just saying please. Right. So if I, so if I'm living with you, you know, and you're, you're my friend or partner or whatever, and I say to you, Brian, you're just so selfish. You never think of anyone but yourself. What I'm really saying is please, please. I'm having a need for something. I'm having a need for consideration. I'm having a need for respect. I'm having a need for support so forth. So with, with these ears on, what we say is whatever anyone says to me, I hear it as they're asking, please, please, I have a need. Now, given that we're raised in a relatively violent world, uh, uh, dominator cultures, 
we don't learn a language of compassion, we learn a language of domination. And so we make these, we say these judgments and blaming and criticizing and all of that, which virtually guarantees that my needs aren't going to be met when I speak like that. So the today, like you're saying, today more than ever with stress being higher and uh, you know, these a lot of challenges and fears all over the place. To put on our, what we call putting on our giraffe ears, so that some, when somebody says something to us, we don't listen to the words that they're saying. We listen beneath the words to what we hear in their heart, what we hear the feelings and the needs are that are going on for somebody. And we've all done this to one degree or another. And one of, the, one of the most common ways that we've had this experience is that when we listen to young children, right? So a child doesn't get its way. It's, you know, we know that he's tired or it's hangry or whatever. And they say, mommy, I hate you, you know? And sometimes we get triggered by that. But a lot of times we're like, oh, we, he's just really hurt. He's just really sad. It's the same for all human beings all the time. That's, it's, it's what we call, we're having a tragic expression of an unmet need because we've been conditioned to relate violently by making judgments, blaming, criticism, et cetera. And so when we translate that, and you mentioned that word earlier, when we can translate those phrases into what that person is feeling and needing, then we stay connected at the heart level. Mm -hmm. It feels like, my experience is the most important element is to connect to the feeling, connect to the emotion. Uh, there's a phrase that um, you use that I think is really poignant is connection before correction. Yeah. Right. And so I'll just, you know, you, you brought up the child. So an example for me, what I really saw this is before I even had a deep understanding of NBC many years ago, but I was working in a, like a preschool and so it was a small child and there was a kid that was like really kind of acting out and, you know, um, kind of, uh, I don't remember exactly what he's doing, but having kind of a tantrum and really bothering other kids. And I was asked to sort of take him, take him away. And he was really worked up and I couldn't really make a connection with him. And he seemed like he was really in a kind of a, basically like a violent stage, violent state of, you know, and then I got to a point where I said, what are you feeling right now? Mm. And something kind of, some kind of moment of presence came in and he said, sad. And his whole energy shifted and, and mm. softened. Beautiful. And there was this, and then we had, we, we, it was like, there's one of connection and then we, we were able to talk and engage and, you know, his whole energy just kind of transformed Beautiful. from being able to get in touch with what he was feeling for me, asking him that question. Beautiful. So um, anyway, so I, it's, I, I find that, that that seems to be a key um, with someone else, but maybe more probably with ourselves. Like, what am I feeling right, right. now? You know? Right. Um, so maybe you could speak to that a little bit. Sure. What you're referring to, is is an envy is what we call an nvc empathy yeah i know the word is used a lot these days and in, in our culture uh but an nvc it has a very specific meaning it means putting our attention 
on feelings and needs. So if I'm putting my attention on my feelings and needs, I call it self-empathy. If I'm putting it on your feelings and needs, I call it empathy for another person. And so when you talked about earlier on about the importance of listening, absolutely, uh, that the NVC process is based on listening. Listening to myself, my inner connection, listening to you. So if you, you know, uh, you're staying up late, you're making noise, I'm having a hard time sleeping, right? And so I, if I connect to myself, then I'm like, I'm frustrated, I'm tired, I'm having needs for rest and support and, and so forth. And now I'm able to tell you what's going on for me. But I also want to understand what's going on for you. Mm-hmm. So if we can have a conversation about our the feelings and needs that are alive for both of us right then, we're much more likely to find a peaceable solution than if I start off with a judgment like, you know, you're such a rude SOB. How could you do something like that to me? Da, 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 mm-hmm. da. Right? So I can start with revealing my being vulnerable about my own feelings and needs. Hey, Brian, I'm really, I'm really exhausted tonight. And sounds like you're trying to have a good time and all, but I'm really would love for us to be able to have some quiet time. Yeah. So I'm trying to connect to what your needs are as well Mm -hmm. as to what my needs are. Mm -hmm. And because there's a deep belief in NVC, and this is kind of a bit of a challenging concept to buy into, but the belief is that uh, the conflict is never between needs. It's always between strategies. Okay. So there's a way for you and I to get our needs met. You wanting to play music as a strategy and my wanting to sleep in my bed or, or on the couch or whatever I'm doing is also a strategy. But so when we boil it down or we get down into what the actual needs are, I'm having a need for rest. You're having a need for maybe some play or whatever. And we talk about how can we get our needs met rather than, fighting about I want it my way and you want it your way, we, we drop down to this level of the needs, the universal human needs, and then it's much more likely that we can find a way for everyone's needs to get met. Mm-hmm. So tell me if this, if this uh, feels true to you. So it feels to me like the feeling is first, then the need is second, and then once you establish the feelings and the needs, then you can go into strategy to meet the the need no, and that exactly. could that could involve a request yeah exactly <clears throat> the the marshall would used to say that the the connection is between two people is mostly at the need level like the feeling level is very important connection and that is often the first place we do connect with somebody like so i might say wow hey brian sounds like you're really feeling pretty good tonight right that, that would be a connecting thing. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we would then go to the needs. So needs are understood as, and again, this is part of the spirituality of NVC. Needs are understood as this like divine energy that flows through us. And so we want to kind of like follow the Tao, so to speak, of, of, the, of the present moment and of the connection by staying with those needs. I mean, one of the kind of... Uh, spiritual ways that Marshall would say this is he understood needs as the present expression of divine energy flowing through us right now. 
So that's what we want to stay connected to. And the feelings are also telling, giving us information about whether needs have been met or not. So that's the relationship between feelings and needs. Feelings exist to tell us whether needs have been met or not. But we connect at both feelings and needs, and that's what we call empathy, self-empathy or empathy for another person. And then once we've established that connection, right, and we're both present to each other in a way that we genuinely care about the other person getting their needs met, then <clears throat> what Marshall says is that the solution will find you. Right? Yeah. And this is one of those big claims that he made over and over again that I was very skeptical of in the early years. And so I asked him, I said, hey, you make this claim that the conflict is never between needs, it's always between strategies, and that if people stay connected, the solution will find you. He says, do you mean like most of the time? Or like, come on, are you exaggerating a little bit? <clears throat> and he said, no, all the time. He says, that's my experience. You know, working with 50 plus years, working with dozens of countries all around the world, that was his experience. So I'm taking that on as an experiment in my own life to see if my lived experience backs that up. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I see happens a lot, I think it's certain things, you know, sometimes men are more prone to, they're conditioning women, but this one I think men are more prone to, um, <clears throat> is that someone like, a, for example, a woman might say, I'm feeling, I'm feeling sad, and the guy says, well, just do this. You know, it goes right into the strategy, you know, and it's generally never received very well. Um, so that's one of the things that I've, I've, I think NBC really emphasizes really well is don't bring in the strategy right away. First, right. tune into what the feeling is, tune into what the need is. Right. And once you're really met on both those levels, and sometimes, like, I think we've talked about too, is like sometimes strategy is not even necessary. Sometimes people, someone just wants to be heard. Yes, and that, that, that's complete in and of itself. And there's absolutely. not even a strategy necessary. And sometimes um, you can move to strategy and, and kind of explore that when, when someone yes. feels ready for it. Yes. Yeah. The phrase that you mentioned earlier <clears throat> that I said, which I actually got from Marshall was connection before correction. And there's a kind of another twist on it is connection before education. Mm -hmm. So right. people, because again, you know, I, uh, I love evolutionary psychology and mm -hmm. you know, you've been in class with me, you know mm -hmm. how much I love it. And it's incredibly uh, um, amazing insights. And so one of the insights out of evolutionary psychology is that we've been pack animals for, you know, whatever, tens of millions of years. And the most important, one of the most important things to us is the quality of our connection with the other people in our pack to know that we matter. And that's what's most important to us. Our needs can get met or not get met, right? So you look at animals, their needs get, they're not getting met a lot of times. It's not a big deal for a need not to get met. What is a big deal for us pack animals is if our quality of belonging is questioned, right? So, and some of us, different cues, we read different cues from other people about whether we matter to them. And for some people, and it does tend to be a, somewhat of a gender thing, but it's not entirely, is, I know that I matter if you care about my feelings, right? So this is a very common, you know, thing that we experience yeah. in the men and women thing. And as a man, oftentimes, the way that I matter is I matter by solving problems, right? So right. I want to matter. Right. I want to be important. I want to contribute. 
right. right? And so my woman friend here is suffering and I know the exact solution. So I'm going to go in, I'm going to go into action and solve the problem, which she will probably enjoy after she's gotten the emotional connection that she uh -huh. needs. And so, you know, knowing this is part of the art of NBC is kind of knowing, you know, how each different person operates and what their preferences are, kind of like Gary Chapman's love language thing, knowing what the, you know, how people want to be related to. But in general, in NBC, we always assume that the first thing that the person wants is empathy, which is connection to their feelings and their needs. And then once they've had that, then explore what's next. Do you want to solve this problem? Or you, you, know, you just wanted to know that I care about what's going on for you. So much of this boils down to care, knowing that I just want to know that, that you care about me. And in NVC, we believe that care is one of the most powerful ways to express care is through empathy, which is connection to feelings and needs. And it may be spoken or not spoken. It doesn't need to be even be spoken because most empathy actually comes from the eyes. Like empathy is an energy that comes mm -hmm. from the eyes mostly. And the words are very secondary. Mm. Yeah. So a couple of things arise for me there. Um, one is that with this social distancing thing and everything we're in the midst of right now, people are having to resort to more typing. Most of the stuff is through typing. So we're losing all of that body language and the eyes and the tone. And um, so I think, I think for me, just being aware of that and having some compassion around that of like, there's a lot getting lost here. Maybe I'm not picking up on the, you know, certain things that, that are there. Um, but yeah, this level of, of care feels like that's the most important thing to establish before you go into educating someone, before you go into, um, yeah, strategizing and all of these things um, to really to really make the connection that um, there's care. And I think the care doesn't mean to say, I care about you, but it, you could say that, but more it's displaying it through being present to what's being felt and, you know, and um, expressing that you are present in the moment with right. someone, whatever they're feeling unconditionally. Right. So if somebody says something, you know, like, God, this pandemic sucks and being isolated is such a... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So what we would say in NVC is that they're most, most likely in that moment, what they're needing is empathy, which mm -hmm. is connection to their feelings and their needs. Yeah. They're not that other things that we tend to do, which are not nearly as connecting are things like agreement. Oh yeah, yeah. This really does suck, and blah blah blah. It's like okay, it may feel a little bit better because you agree with me, mm -hmm. but we're more wanting this connection at this feeling and and need level. I think just to add one thing, I think another thing that's really big that that people do is this pandemic sucks, and someone says, "Well, let me try to let me try to get them to think positive because you know I'm, I'm going to help them." And, and no, it's not that you know it's. Just to try to go the other, so it's agree or give them the other thing that's a positive thing. Right. Meanwhile, the feeling is not being acknowledged. Right. And and get yeah because empathy. If when a person gets enough empathy for the pain that they're in, mm -hmm. then the mind then immediately starts going to how can I make this better. But 
we have to connect with that life force energy that's mm. coming from the unmet needs. That needs to be connected with first. If it's not, then very likely the person's not going to be able to receive the care that's trying that's coming in in terms of trying to make you know somebody uh, believe a certain way or think differently or whatever. In uh, NVC, this is I mean this is part of the really deep radical spirituality of NVC. We're never trying to make anyone do anything. Like, I'm yeah, not that's to, a huge point. I'm not trying to fix you. I'm not yeah. trying to make you be positive. Besides, I yeah. read your last blog and I saw that you're not into positive thinking <laughs> <laughs> or negative thinking. In fact, you're not into thinking. Right. I love that. I love that line. So uh -huh. NBC is not trying about trying to make anyone do anything. This is where it gets really deep and kind of spiritual. Yeah. The belief is that, and then going back to the thing presence that you know I talk about, you talk about, a lot of people talk about. There is something powerful. Mar Marshall actually called it magical about being present to another person that's built into the quality of connection that provides some kind of a healing transformative energy. And in NVC, we believe that we facilitate or optimize that quality of presence by focusing on feelings and needs. Right? So that's where when someone is suffering, complaining and so forth, we want to connect at that level and then when they've had enough empathy, then we go to solutions. A person who goes to solutions too quickly is what Marshall used to call a, a fix-it jackal. So the opposite of the giraffe in the NVC world, so the giraffe represents the compassionate consciousness, and the jackal represented the power over or dominator consciousness. So he, so he would use the phrase jackals and giraffes. So we don't want to go to fixing too soon. When the person is ready, then yes, we go to strategies that might help. But mm -hmm. it's an amazing, powerful thing. And, and you know, Mar I, I told you Marshall was a PhD counseling psychologist and he practiced his normal, you know, what he learned in his training before he developed NVC. But as he was developing NVC, one of the things he said he noticed was that he could get in one hour of working with someone on an empathy base basis interactions, he could get more results or he could get as much results in one hour as he could get in three years of traditional psychotherapy the way that he was practicing it. So I'm telling you that in order to reinforce this belief, this experience that this powerful energy called empathy is available to all of us as we learn to really focus our attention on the other person at the heart level, which we call an NVC feelings and needs, and focusing on my own. So if I'm suffering, rather than repeating my suffering stories, gosh, I hate this, this is really awful, things are bad, things are gonna get worse, instead of letting our minds carry us away into more and more suffering, is to drop inside of my body and say, what am I feeling? Wow, I'm really feeling sad. I'm really feeling scared. I'm really having needs for uh, security and, and love and whatever the other feelings and needs that are mm -hmm. going on. That drop, putting our attention on that level of our being is a very powerful, one of the most powerful things that we can do for ourselves. And we do that same presence for another person. Mm -hmm. you, you touched on something I think is, is, is big also right now is, 
I forget your exact wording, but no one has to, or an NVC, we're not trying to force anyone to do anything, right? So I think that's where a lot of angst is, is in the collective right now, is people feel like they're trying to, they're being, they feel like that's being, they're being forced to do things they don't want to do, right. whether that's on a global level, on a relationship level, or so a lot of that's coming up. So maybe you could give an example of how to, how to talk through that, like, you know, the term people use sometimes is boundaries or just kind of a sense of, you know, if you feel like that's, that's being, that's coming your direction in a relationship, uh, how do you, how do you communicate through that? How do you talk through that? Just want to share too, I'm, I'm, for some reason, my computer's not charging. So oh. you answer the question and I may try to just play with that while you okay, great. address the question. Yeah. yeah. So, so here we are, you're in a relationship with somebody and you're, uh, you know, having something comes up and uh, the tendency is to try to tell people what you, you want them to do. And what NVC would uh, encourage us to do is to drop inside and actually get in touch with what are the actual feelings and needs that are going on and share that with the other person or if they're the ones who are coming at you with something is to understand that they're they're really scared mm -hmm. and most of this is coming from fear yeah and uh you know remembering pain from the past and imagining you know yeah. pain into the future and to be able to be vulnerable to say, instead of saying, you know, I think you shouldn't go out because, you know, you're just going to bring the virus back and, you know, you could, you could hurt us all. Like right. Instead of that demanding. And that, that what you just said, that's happening like all over the planet right now. Exactly. Because people are living together and people have different ideas of how they want to approach this and they're trying, you know, trying to communicate through it. Yeah. And, and, and then to be able to say, you know, Hey, Brian, I hear you talking about going out tonight. I'm really scared. Like, can, would you, would you, would you just please connect with me for a moment about this? Like, I want you to have fun and I really do, but I'm feeling really scared. Would, would you please tell me what you heard me say? Right? And so you would say whatever. I hear you saying that you're, you're scared and, you know, hearing, hearing that I may be going out tonight makes you feel scared. Yeah, and I'm like really having a need for safety and all that, and and I'm, I'm you know so what we what we there's a huge power in vulnerability. Right? Mm. Some millions of people have watched Brene Brown's Brown, yeah. YouTube thing on vulnerability. Yeah. So NBC is built upon this belief that there is huge power in vulnerability, that when we share honestly with another person what's going on for us, that has the tendency to move inside of them in a way that they want to take care of me and again it's mm -hmm. built on nbc is built on this belief that that the most satisfying thing for a human being to do is to contribute to life my mm -hmm. own and other people like mm -hmm. we want to just like everything in nature we want we're designed to contribute to life mm -hmm. and so being vulnerable is a way that helps activate that in other people. Now, I'm not naive enough to say every time I'm being vulnerable, I'm going to get my way. Of course not. Right. But it's 
what we see over and over in NVC is like, it's way more powerful of a way to create a quality of connection where we both get our needs met than the power struggle where I tell you, you know, you selfish SOB, if you go out, I'm going to do this or that or the other thing. And you're like, well, Steve, you're such a control freak. I'm so tired of you trying to run my life. I'll do what I want. Because blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So we all know that story. Mm -hmm. right? And, and so NBC is number one, we try to be vulnerable and we try to be empathetic. Mm -hmm. The other word that we use is honest. We try to be honest, but in NBC, honesty is not about sharing my thoughts. Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. I think yourself <laughs> not what we right. mean by honesty. <laughs> honesty means sharing what's going on deeply inside of me. Uh -huh. I'm really scared. Yeah. And so that tends to soften our hearts toward each other. Yeah. And, and from that place of connection where we're not trying to make each other do anything, I honestly say what's going on for me. I genuinely want your needs to get met. And let me, let me repeat again, wanting you to get your needs met does not mean I agree that it's that I agree to you going out tonight. I honestly want you to get your needs met for play or celebration of life or community or whatever the needs are. And I it feels really like, Steve, it feels like that's an important component, right? Of like, Brian, what are your needs? You know, you, you want to find out what my needs are and then you can connect to them. I find when I'm able to connect to someone else's need and you've, you've taught me with this and you know, some things with other people, um, then, Oh, I get it. Okay. I, I can, under, I can relate to where you're coming from. Yes. You know? So it's, it's honestly, it's hard for me to relate to a lot of the things I'm seeing happening um, that people are wanting to have happen. But if, if they, sh if someone can say, um, I'm scared um, and I'm feeling the need for safety, right. I, can, I can connect to that. You know, right. I, I, I can, I can definitely, I can relate to that in, in previous times in my life and yeah. it opens a doorway for conversation. How can I support you to, yeah. to feel safe? And it allows us to have different points of view Yes, and still care about each other, which of course is a big part of what's happening. Mm -hmm. right? So I'm say I'm, uh, a little bit further on the, the spectrum of things of believing it's, you know, super dangerous virus, whatever. Yeah. And, and you're, you know, a little bit not you more toward the middle of things. And, and I can, and you, you know, I can say, well, I'm really scared. And I think that you might get sick and bring it back. To, right? And so you can connect with my need without agreeing with me. Yeah. I get, Steve, you're really feeling scared and you're really having a need for safety. That's really mm -hmm. big for you right now. Mm -hmm. right? So you can really connect with that feeling and that need without having to agree with me that my point of view is right. Mm -hmm. now, now, that doesn't solve the problem that I have a different point of view than you do about this mm -hmm. thing. We still can talk through that. We still mm -hmm. are going to have to work with that. But we have the possibility now of talking about it where we're not going to have the possibility of talking about it. If I just go into my demand mode and say, you better stay home tonight and you shoot back, you better let go of me for trying to control me. We're not yeah. going to get anywhere with that. Yeah. But if we understand, if you understand, if I understand your feelings and needs, you understand my feelings and needs. Now we move in the strategy. Okay. I want to go out tonight. You're scared about it. Yeah. Can we find some way that, you know, 
that works for both of us. And then that's how to, that's the, and I think one of the points that you've made that I think is a really good point is, or the way I see it as well is those conversations, it brings in creativity. It brings in, um, there's something enlivening about it. When two people are really engaged in trying to find a strategy together, it doesn't have to be this, this, you know, tiresome, laborious, painful, suffering filled thing. It can actually be something that's brings people closer together. Yeah. And Marshall called that the magic show that when people connect at the feeling and need level and they really express themselves fully and really get empathy from, from the understanding and empathy from the other person, he says, the solution will find you and it's the magic show. He said he saw it happen all over the world and all different kinds of situations. And, and it, it, and again, it's built on this belief that this, this needs are this divine energy, this life force energy, however you understand that God, great spirit, the Tao, whatever, that that's how we connect with this life force energy and it works through us. And it's not, and we're not the one, trying to be in control of life. We're working with life. Yeah, beautiful. And I think one thing that's, that's really powerful about NVC, I actually think the conception people, some people have is that it's, it's not an honest form of communication, but I found it to be the most honest form of communication because instead of focusing on you and what you think and what you feel and you know, what's wrong with you, which I don't actually know what's happening inside you, I'm going to share with you the only thing I really can get the truth about is what I'm feeling in this moment and what I'm needing in this moment. So I love that shift of I'm not, this is actually, I think, really bad for you to talk about. I'm not blaming you. I'm not, this is something you talk about that I think is really important. I'm not blaming you. I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm not, you know, it's not, this is not a causal thing. And this is, I'm just saying that this is what I'm feeling right now when I observe this, right? And that's the most honest way we can communicate. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with how we use the word honesty, right? And so because in our culture, we're largely a head-centered, thought-centered culture, we think of honesty as sharing my thoughts. And NVC is a body-based process. It's built on connection to my feelings, which gives me information about whether my needs are net or not. So if I'm going to be in a thought-based mode, then to be honest is to share my judgments about you. You're great. You're awful. Whatever those judgments are that I have about you. Mm. And honesty from an NVC body-based perspective is about my feelings and my needs. Certainly we have a certain level of thoughts that come in, but it's mostly about connecting at this body-based level. And so honesty then becomes about sharing about the feelings and the needs. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a, that's such a great shift of, is that I, I'm taking the focus off of, because a lot of it's assumptions, you know, when people get into the, the jackal thing, it's like, you're, you're assuming this person's doing this and this is what they really want. And then, but, but none of that you actually know. So you're just tuning into what you know in the moment and you're, you're communicating that. And then it takes away um, the, the defensiveness doesn't need to arise. Because I'm not, I'm not attacking you. I'm not blaming you. I'm not saying you did anything wrong, right? That's a really key part of this. I'm not saying you did anything wrong, right? Which could be hard to 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 really get in there and really ground in that. But it's like you're not doing anything wrong. Um, I'm just, I would like to share with you just what I'm feeling when I notice 
I noticed the example we were using, I noticed you going out continually and I just wanted you to share, I wanted you, I'm not saying anything wrong. I'm just telling you what I'm feeling. And, yeah. You know, yeah. And what my need is. Yeah. I mean, part of the difficulty of, you know, shifting to NBC consciousness is the, the deep cultural conditioning that we have around how to get our needs met. Right? So a simple way of talking about the dominator culture is we're taught to get our needs met by making people do what we want them to do. And it's a radically different shift to believe that if I relate honestly with you and empathetically with you, that we're going to naturally want to care about each other's needs and get our needs met together. Right? So that's a very, very big shift. And again, I'm not naive to think that every person that I'm going to relate to, if I just relate empathetically and honestly, they're going to care about me <clears throat> because we all have conditioning from this power over culture. It's a, it's a process to let go of those patterns of thinking and behaving about trying to make people do things. So we, we need to be very aware uh, as well about when we're working with people about not uh, giving up our power. But the, the, the shift, if both people can shift into this consciousness of wanting the quality of connection, to really care about our quality of connection, that's, that's more important to me than getting my way. You know, we probably, most people have probably heard that phrase, you know, they say in relationships, you have a choice. You can either be right or you can be married, <laughs> you know, or partnered. Uh, so, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a major shift from the, the, the training that we've had. Wow. I want Brian to do something. Hmm. How can I make him do it? Okay, I could offer him a reward, you know, I could maybe have a cold shoulder and mope a bit or, <laughs> you know, the different ways, subtle and gross ways that we're talking yeah. about. Try to I mean, people do what we want them to do. It's really interesting. I mean, our, almost all of our commercials and advertising are based on that, right? Our marketing, our, our the promotion stuff, the corporate culture, it's all based on that. So um, we're kind of being inundated, inundated with that, you know all the time and have to sort of be very mindful to not be conditioned to fall into that. Yeah. That pattern. And it's, it's why it's important for me personally to have as many friends who are aspiring to compassionate consciousness. It's an important part of my, of my life work is to create community so that we can find other people to help support us on this journey. And, and again, most religions have known that, you know, you need a church, you need a sangha, you need a, you know, a group of people to help you grow your consciousness. Yeah. yeah. And let's touch on the consciousness part, because that was, that was something that um, I realized as we went into it deeper. I remember talking to you, this is a consciousness. This isn't just a way to talk or a language. This is a, a consciousness. It is, it's another, the way I came to see it, it's another pathway into the same um, the same pointer that all these other awakened mystics and awakened beings have pointed at, uh, it takes you to that same place if you take it deep enough, which is really, you know, I don't think most people realize that if they thought it was just a, you know, communication tool. Yeah. But it's, um, so first of all, there's, I think there's a couple of different levels, but the level that I started to see is like, 
it's not just how I'm talking to you, but it's how I'm talking to myself, right? That's a primary level. Um, so if I'm calling myself names and beating myself up verbally, um, can I be aware of being more compassionate with myself first and really tune into what am I feeling right now? What, are, what is my need right now? Um, like in, what's, what's the life force that wants to move through me right now, right? right. Yeah, there's a, there's a uh, Zen saying that I got from Sherry Huber that is very applicable to what NVC believes as well, which is uh, life is as good as my relationship with myself, mm. right? And so NVC always, almost always starts with self-connection, right? So if you say or do something, I connect up to myself to see what I'm actually feeling and what I'm needing before I can respond to you, I have to connect to myself. And, and then if also I want to like imagine what's going on for you, that's kind of a kind of an internal process of like, oh yeah, I remember in that being in that position, you're doing that thing that Brian just did. So like, so self-connection, self-awareness is very foundational um, to compassionate consciousness. Mm -hmm. Anything else that's alive for you that you think would be valuable to share with people that we haven't touched on? Yes. Yeah, the practice of gratitude. Oh, yeah. One uh, of my favorites. Yeah, I bet. I've seen it in your writings a lot. Yeah. Um, so what Marsha would say about, about gratitude, it was very essential to NVC consciousness. He called it, he had a nickname for it. He called it giraffe fuel for life. Uh -huh. Going back to the giraffe image that he said, Gratitude is the, and, and celebration of life, those were kind of the same thing for him. Gratitude and celebration of life is the giving and receiving gratitude with a certain energy, put it more clearly, is the primary source for living the compassionate life. Right? And so I like to connect that up to, you know, pretty well-known research uh, in positive psychology around the negativity bias and because the, the human mind has this very strong tendency to notice what's wrong and to not notice what's right. Yeah. And so because of that, we need to have, the research shows, you need to have a minimum of five positive interactions with a person for every one negative interaction that you have. So, this is a big part of what's happening now, of course. There's a, there's, for most people, and some people extremely so, there's a lot of negative influences yep. happening for us right now. Yep. So it requires us to be able to drive up or focus increasingly on what is right. And there's always an infinite number of things, of needs being met at any moment in time. So it's a, it's a mindfulness practice of being able to notice what's right. Now, one caveat about this, it's very, very important, is to not make gratitude another should. <laughs> because if I take make gratitude a should, then the autonomy, you know, uh, freedom-loving agency part of me will have the tendency to resist it. Be like, you know, you know, if you tell me, hey, Steve, you know, man, you've been dragging around here and you know, around the house. And, you know, why don't you focus on something that's right? You know, I'm going to be like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have some choice words for you. You know, like, don't tell me what to do. You know, 
what we what is we usually want to do from an NVC perspective is connect with the feelings and the unmet needs, give ourselves empathy, get empathy from other people, and then from that place be able to ask myself, hmm, what could I focus on that would help me to have more energy, to have more aliveness, to have more needs being met and so forth. And the practices uh, around that or in NBC is that we've experienced that generally we have, we develop more energy when we do three specific things, state an observation, name a feeling and express it and connect it to a need. So if I was going to be wanting to practice my gratitude practice with you. You know, you come home and I might say, Hey, you know, Brian, I was looking over you know, the, um, the food that you made yesterday for us and like, wow, it's like we have three days of food prepared now. I just feel such a relief, you know, and it just so meets my needs for like care and support, right? So I, instead of just like, you know, staring at my phone and say, hey, Brian, thanks for making the food. Like, <laughs> that's a there's very little energy that I'm going to feed into our nervous systems as opposed to my being present to you in this way where I'm focusing on, you know, the observation and the feeling and the need. So there are, there are powerful ways, and there's a lot of, obviously there's infinite number of ways to practice gratitude besides NVC, but the, but the NVC practice is really naming the feeling, stating the observation and the, naming the feeling and the need and communicating that to the other person. The other side of that is also that it's a, it's a very powerful practice to ask for gratitude, which is different than asking for a compliment. We are not into compliments because compliments are just a positive judgment. You know, I can say that you're a nice person. I can say that you're a crappy person. Those are just judgments. They don't actually feed us energetically. So I might, you know, and, and me and my partner, Terry, we do this a, a lot. Might say something like, you know, I might be noticing that I'm feeling maybe down or disconnected from you. And I might say, hey, Brian, would you share something about our relationship that you really value right now? And you might say, wow, Steve, yeah, I really appreciate how much we, um, you know, we share our, our love for nature or whatever the thing might be, right? So we can, we can generate this energy from both sides of, of giving, expressing gratitude and asking for gratitude. And celebration of life is kind of a little bit even bigger than just gratitude. Celebration of life is just notice, is to noticing and communicating and feeling in my body. Like, you know, hey, Brian, did you notice the peonies outside? Man, I smelled like the red one especially. Oh, it, with the fragrance. I mean, I can, it's still lingering with me. It's so powerful. So I'm celebrating life. And I'm sharing that with you. And that energy nurtures both of our hearts and, 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 and bodies and spirit. Mm. Yeah. And why don't we touch on um, request versus demand too. We didn't, we didn't touch on that uh -huh. yet. So we yeah. talk about the difference between those two things. Sure. So the communication model that we've talked about has these four, NBC model has these four things, observation, feeling, need, and request. A synonym for request is also strategy. And so after we've expressed the first three things, I want to ask for that which would make my life more wonderful. And it's really important to 
understand what we mean by request is it's something that I'm okay hearing a no. So if I asked, you know, would you please stay home and watch a movie with me? If you say, mm, I'm really wanting to do this or that, the other thing that really wouldn't, you know, fit what I had in mind tonight, but then sure, I wanted you to say yes, but it's more important to me that you're honest with me. And so that's how we can tell if we're making a genuine request. A genuine request is something that we're okay hearing the other person say no. And part of why it's a little bit difficult learning how to make requests is because most of the supposed requests that we've heard in our life were demands. And a demand is something that if you don't do it, there's some kind of punishment or some kind of consequences. So class, please open your book to page 50. Steve, would you please take the garbage out? Like they, they were saying please, but it was not a request. If you didn't do it, there was a demand. I mean, there was punishment, right? So we got as part of the practice of compassion and consciousness is to really be clear and get back to the self-awareness thing, to learn to be aware enough that I can be honest with myself. Huh? Yeah, this is a demand. I'm having a demand energy about you wanting you to stay home tonight. Okay. I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that because I know that'll de deter, uh, be a detrimental to our relationship. So I drop down and connect to what the need is. And maybe I don't go to a request right away. Maybe I tell you, just tell you what I'm feeling and what I'm needing. And then we let the request arise. But I would, you know, I, well, very important thing in NDC is like for couples, we to encourage couples to really make the commitment to each other that they're only going to do something if it's authentic for them to do. And so what's the, if it's like, the, what's the duck thing? Yeah, Marshall. <laughs> Marsha used to say, uh, please only do what I'm asking you to do if you can do it with the joy of a young child feeding a hungry dog. Yeah, that's it. Because if I do something for you, because I'm doing out of guilt, out of fear, because I'm trying to earn your love, any of that stuff, it's going to be detrimental to our relationship. And you do enough of those things over time in your relationship you know, can blow up and die or whatever. It's, uh, and so learning to do things on, and making this commitment to each other. And a very powerful practice is like, if you, you know, if I ask, you know, hey, Brian, you know, how about you stay home tonight? And, I, and you're like, oh, all right. I was thinking about going out, but okay, I'll stay home with you. Yeah. I don't want you to stay home with that energy because I'm going to pay for it. Yeah. You're going to pay for it. Yeah. And so I might say to you, Brian, I'm, I'm having some concerns about your decision here. Would you be willing to tell me what needs of yours are, are, would be met by staying home with me? I want to make sure that you're doing it to meet your own needs. Yeah. Which sounds like a selfish thing, you know, coming from the jackal world that we come from. That sounds like selfishness. But remembering that in the NVC world, in the NVC consciousness, the, the, most important need that we have is to contribute to life, what we call contribute to life, my own and the people around me. So I have a deep need to contribute. Secondly, we also have this belief that every human being has a need for every other person's well-being. Yeah. So I can actually do something for my need. So you may, you know, you may have been seeing me suffering a lot lately. 
And so you're doing this because you have a need for my well-being. And it sounds the same, but believe me, it is energetically very different. If you do something to meet your need for my well-being is different than if you think you're doing it. All right, I'm going to do this for Steve. That is, there's a, that's subtle, but it's very, very different. So always make sure that we're, that if we're making a request or people are asking a request of us, that we're doing it to uh, meet our own needs. And there is a whole skill of how to say no in compassionate consciousness, which is a whole like five part step, five step process that we, we can learn to, to, to do that. But in these times now, there's a lot of requests being made of people and and demands being made of people and demands being made of people and to be able to drop beneath that into the vulnerability of the feelings and needs that's going on uh, and learning how to set boundaries and, and and so forth in a compassionate way not to punish people but in order to really care about ourselves and our relationships and so forth and another really important piece, you know, you asked me earlier, like, what are some other important pieces? Another important piece is when we're communicating to each other, you know, and we see things differently, to, to be honest enough to say, this is my opinion. This is what I read. This is what I believe, as opposed to, this is the truth. Mm-hmm. Because I think if anyone's really honest with themselves, even, you know, the people who are running the show, <laughs> Fauci and whoever else, they don't know what's going on. They, yeah. Sure, they know a lot. I'm sure they know a lot. They all, all know more than me, probably. <laughs> but we are, we're drawing from different sources of opinion. Mm-hmm. And so to be honest enough to say, you know, and Brian, you know, from what I've been reading, it leads me to really be concerned about going out tonight. And you'd be like, well, I hear that, Steve, and I hear that you're really scared and that you're, you know, this, your security is a really big thing for you right now. Are you in a place to hear what I'm, what's going on for me? Yeah. Well, I've been reading some things from maybe some different sources that lead me to have a, you know, a little bit more comfort around, you know, going out tonight and to not put it in, I know. This is the truth. Yeah. And then that conversation, as we talked about earlier, then this conversation of the strategy of, um, you know, I'm not trying to change you, you're not trying to change me, but how do we, how do we create a dynamic where both our needs can be met and we find that, we find that place that feels good for both of us and feels supportive for both of us. Yeah. And my, my, you know, perception of part of what's making this so difficult is that, you know, the authorities are ignoring a lot of other perspectives that are not in harmony with their beliefs. You know, there's a lot of other, you know, alternative points of view that are not being uh, aired. Mm-hmm. And so people who are, you know, searching on the internet, looking for alternative points of view, very scientifically based facts that, yep. and, and, and other political stuff as well that's not being aired so if i'm limiting myself to this one you know source of news and someone else is going beyond that into a more broader 
source of information, you know, that's, that sets up, that's part of why there's a lot of conflict because uh, the, you know, there's very credible, now obviously there's can be very far out wacko things that, that people may be saying about it, but there's some very valid concerns that are not being aired in mainstream news perspectives. Right. So it's like creating a creating, I mean, ideally, and again, this is so hard because we don't have the face to face. I mean, if it's even more clear to me now more than ever that the face to face communication is where it's at for having real, you know, deep communication, this would be second best. And then the worst is the typing stuff, right. Right. but having a space where, um, we can, uh, share, uh, different perspectives and different points of view. And there's a, there's a curious, I think another big part of BC is curiosity, right? Totally. There's that curiosity. I'm really interested in how you see things. I'd love to hear how you see things and I'd love to, you know, love to share how I see things. Exactly. And, um, I'm sure I can learn and expand in some way from what, what, what you've, what, what you're seeing things. And I'm sure you can learn some way from what I've seen things. Yeah. Um, just that intention alone, I think would, would change so much as opposed to someone coming in and here's how it is. And how can you be so stupid and not know this or that, you know, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't, I think one of the things you said about it is it's not effective. Like if you're actually trying to like, you know, enlighten someone in some way, it's not an effective way to do it. Yeah. So, and this goes back to the, you know, how we began this conversation, which is NVC is built on this, what I think is incredibly beautiful, the spiritual perspective that that what's inside of us is the most precious thing that we have to share with one another i'm having this internal subjective experience of reality and sharing that is the, the, the greatest gift that i can give another person what's alive inside of me and i get that that's really radical and coming from a culture like ours it's like it's probably an incredibly weird thing to even consider but that's what NVC and many spiritual traditions are based on. And so if we come from that place, then curiosity is this logical thing to, a logical approach to have to mm -hmm. our relationships. Like, wow, tell me what's real for you. you know, yeah. We have this phrase in NVC that tell me what's alive for you. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, I think it's about, because it's about being alive, because you want to be alive to what's present in the moment. Yeah. Right. So what's right. present in the moment is what you're feeling, what you're needing. Yeah. So, yeah, it can seem like it's it's weird on one level, another level. It's the most practical thing. It's like, well, that's the only thing that's actually really, you know, real and true and genuine is what what's alive for someone in the moment. Yeah, and the reason that NVC has spread all around the world, a lot of it, of course, had to do with Marshall's commitment to it and his tireless travels around the planet for 50 years, but mostly it's because it works. I yeah. Mean, you know it does and now by work i don't mean it means you always get your way <laughs> right works in terms of tending to keep relationships connected to keep people yeah. connected yeah and uh it, it has a it has a very um, powerful and successful track record and again it's it's used that it can be used in different ways at many levels and and when it's used in a superficial way to just try to make people, you know, use NVC to get my way, that's, that's not at all what we mean by using right. NVC. Or just to talk the right way. There's a, there's yeah. a deeper level than that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome, Steve. How, how can people get more involved into what you're doing and what you're yeah. sharing in the world and this work? My website is um, therealcenter.org. 
And I also want to uh, promote um, this event that we're having, we hope to have, right. <laughs> in August, called Compassion Camp. Uh, and, and so if you just Google Compassion Camp um, Asheville, uh, it'll come up. It's uh, being run through uh, a friend's organization, School of Integrated Living out at Earth Haven. And uh, so that really invite people to come to that. It's a four-day event being held at Earth Haven, focused on a lot of it is NVC, but we like to bring in the whole spectrum of personal and social transformation uh, issues. And it's uh, Earth Haven is a beautiful in terms of streams and, yeah. and trails and woods and so forth. So it's a beautiful place to be as well as if you're interested in like sustainable living type stuff, there's a lot there to look at uh, relative to sustainable living. Um, there's also uh, a website uh, that myself and others have put together for all the people who are sharing uh, NVC in the Western North Carolina area, uh, NVC Asheville. Or is it Asheville, NVC? <laughs> I can't forget, but it's one of those, NVC Asheville, I think is what it is, uh, .org. And there's m multiple people's uh, offerings are there um, on that website. Lots of places uh, to, um, lots of ways to connect with NVC in the area. <clears throat> we have a wealth. I mean, I think Asheville probably has the highest per capita of NVC teachers. <laughs> <laughs> probably in the world it seems to me we're so blessed as we are in many ways here in Asheville yeah. and I, I have a, a, a um, and my offerings are around a four-level curriculum I have a four-level curriculum I call it the relationship curriculum which is a play on the word of real center and so it's a four four-level curriculum and the um Actually, this, I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, Saturday the 30th um, will be the start of a Saturday level one class, if anyone's uh, interested in that. Awesome. I was thinking we could end this uh, NVC style. Nice. So I'll start as a challenge. Mm -hmm. So um, I feel really grateful for um, sharing this time with you. I feel um, very appreciative and it's really met my needs for connection and uh, shared reality and um, something like a expansion or mm. is there, is there a word for that? And consciousness, growth, learn, learning, yeah, growth, growth and learning. Um, this, what would friend, friendship, what would, what would that be? Connection, Connection friendship, yeah. friendships. Yeah, we. That's in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So, I wanted to share that with you. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, I'm. I'm feeling really happy. Uh, like the fact that you just invited me <clears throat> to be, you know, to talk to your folks and to be on your podcast. That invitation, the actual doing of it with you, um, the sharing of ideas. Um, yeah. The. Uh, shared reality uh, so um, happy excited enlivened um, joyous uh, lots of so many needs a lot of the ones that you mentioned friendship collaboration you know I'm a very mission driven guy so like the shared reality with you of 
of having this call to offer our gifts to the world is a really beautiful thing that, that, that we share. And um, yeah, and an admiration that you figured out technology stuff. Like, <laughs> I have so little interest in it. <laughs> That's one thing I have to ask you and get this on here, actually. You are now the only person that I know personally that doesn't have a cell phone, right? This is one of the greatest things about you. You don't have a cell phone. Um, the only way to reach you is by email. You don't have any social, I mean, I think you have a landline. I, you can leave a voicemail on my landline. Landline, true. You don't, you don't <laughs> use any social media. I have a presence on social media, but I rarely go to it, yes. Yeah, we never see you on there, even though you, we see your face on there, but we don't really see you, <laughs> see you on there. Although I, I, wanna, I wanna celebrate the fact that I uh, posted videos for the first time in my life on Facebook. You did? I had to check that out. Yeah, yeah, on both my Real Center and Steve Torma to promote my upcoming uh, uh, Level 1 classes. You know, I had more time on my hands because of the, of the uh, pandemic, and so I'm like, okay, I'll. I had my friend Terry teach me how to do it. It was pretty easy, actually. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. But I got to ask you about your choice. Well, I don't have to, but I choose to ask you. I would like to ask you about your choice not to have a cell phone. I think that that's really interesting for people to, to hear about. Yeah. Uh, two main things. One is, um, you know, I'm at heart. I'm a monk. You know, I'm a. Uh, you know, even though I've been a communitarian my whole life, and I love working with people. At my heart, I'm a monk, and so like the less technology communication stuff, you know, that I do, the better. I'm so that's that's the main one of the main reasons. So you know, if I get in my car, then there's no phone's gonna ring, <laughs> or if I go outside for a walk, no phone's gonna ring. So I really want. The others are kind of a more macro level. Like I am, I am really concerned about the social effects and health effects of the explosion of technology. You know, I'm 62, and so the last 60 years, and well, the last 25 years or so, with the explosion of all the cell phones and the internet and all that. Sure, there's an upside to it, but to me, there's a huge shadow side to it, of the. The, the the adverse effects that it's having on people's relationships, people staring at screens. I mean, just at the physical level of hunching over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much negative effects of it. And now, you know, there's increasingly uh, studies on the health effects of cell towers and, you know, on, on the animal and the natural world mm -hmm. and so forth. So I'm not saying that nobody should have a cell phone, but I like to, to, you know, when something is going in one direction that I don't that I don't think is being is not healthy and is not being people are not critically thinking enough about, I like to be kind of on the other end saying, please think about this. Yeah. So it's a way for me to say, please think about this. Mm -hmm. Because we clearly we have not thought about as a culture, we have not thought about the consequences of this. Of yeah. what what is the long term effects of being this uh wired you know and this focused on screens and technology and all that and it's definitely um a couple of things i hear in the collective conversations right now is definitely there's a mass addiction at this point to totally. to the to the smartphone 
So that's something obviously to look at. And there's also talk about surveillance now and being able to track people with their phones. So a lot of things are up in the collective where you, you may see some more people start. I mean, you may not be the only one. Maybe I may have a few friends and more friends that are releasing the cell phone. We'll see that. But a lot of things, as we were talking about before we got on, it definitely seems like a lot of things are going to shift from what's happening right. right now. And it's not really clear what they all are, but it, it definitely feels like people are waking up in various ways. And, yeah. And earlier, before we got on the call, you know, we were talking about um, spiral dynamics and this theory yeah. of cultural evolution. And one of the, the ideas in spiral dynamics is that every new level that emerges in consciousness is a course correction to the previous stage. Right? Yeah. So what's going to be coming clearly, in my mind, at least it's clear, is going to be a course correction to this extreme technological uh, emphasis that we've been having. You know, life, the life force inside of us, the, the life of a, a life is going to be saying, okay, we need to make, uh, find out ways to use this technology that isn't so harmful to humans and the natural world. And there are various ideas that are bubbling up around that. I, glad to say. And one of the things that I've been becoming increasingly aware of as you, as you see what's starting to happen is the technology is being used for the attempt anyway to control. You know, so much of it is being used for attempt to control, which yeah. is antithetical to what NBC and NBC consciousness is about, which is not to try to control mm -hmm. other people. So yeah, it's interesting, like, you know, you have, there's a consciousness and there's tools that are extensions of the consciousness. Exactly. And sometimes the tools are neutral and they can be used in, for for control or for freedom or, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see that the other conversation. I think a lot of us that are on this path will continue to have and yeah. see how these tools work. To support and we're us so and susceptible not. to addiction in our culture. Yeah. And part of it is exactly related to NVC, which is we don't operate on need awareness, mm -hmm. right? So when you're in a, growing up in a culture like ours, it's authoritarian, you're taught to obey what external sources tell you to do, whether it's religious, political, mm -hmm. advertising, whatever. We're taught to be attentive to that and respond to those directives. NVC says we want to start from the inside. We want to live life from the inside out, connected to our own feelings and needs. And so when I, but because as a culture, we generally don't know what our needs are, and there's a lot of needs that are unmet as a result of that, then people go to whatever kind of stimulation or option that will give them some relief. So whether it's a alcohol or pot or working too much or sex or your cell phone, you know, we're just so susceptible because we, we're not connected to our needs. So NBC is for me is a very deep, healing energy in in that way and it can help address all of these addiction things because you can't get enough of what you don't really need right right that's one of the great that's one of the great uh yeah so when you, you don't share. know what you need then you just go chasing after whatever new thing that's around that can give you some relief from your frustration and pain and emptiness or whatever yeah you can't get enough of what you don't really need that's one that really it's like a one to sink in and really sit with yeah. yeah well steve thanks so much for being here my pleasure and, uh, thanks, thanks for everybody else for being here and feel free to let us know any kind of questions you have or comments or reflections and we'll see you next time all right